You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikena Okeke of the Father's Church. Please join Pastor Ikena Okeke and be blessed. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Okay, welcome to Mount Zion. We sang the song and it had been in my heart, you know, to just have us keep singing that song. It's so powerful a song. And it, it's, it's um, taken exactly from the scripture, Hebrews 12. And in that scripture, it talks about this Mount Zion. It says, but you have come to Mount Zion, to this city of the living God. I'm in Hebrews now, sorry. Hebrews 12, 22. It says, but we have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn, who are registered in heaven. The Jews had an assembly that had their lineage of the loins of Abraham. We have a lineage that is of Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. And, you know, so much has happened from the time Mount Zion came to the scene. At the first time that we saw the mount and, you know, the things that happened, there was Exodus 19, where God had wanted to show himself to the people that Moses was going to lead. And part of what was happening there was that, first of all, for three days, these people were to set themselves aside. The married ones would not come near each other. Everybody will wash their clothes, wash their body. Imagine if they have to give notice to bath. That tells you how often that generation took their bath. Praise the Lord. So they had to wash, they had to do all of that and prepare. Then on that day, when they came, the Bible says there were earthquakes and fires and all of that. And they were warned not to come near the mountain. If they did come near, they will fall dead and nobody's going to touch them. Something will just happen to them. That was how it was. But as time progressed and as we began to come into the new covenant, we see what happened after the death of our Lord Jesus. The Bible said when he you know, cried out, it is finished and died on the cross. It said the veil... The veil at the, at the temple was torn, and it was torn from top to bottom, which means no man tore it. It must have been somebody who was from above. And the tearing of that veil was to say that access has been granted. So under the old covenant, we were scared to come. We couldn't come near. But as Jesus Christ made the perfect sacrifice, there was an opening word created for us to come. My prayer is that we'll take full advantage of that opening in the name of Jesus Christ. So I want us to start our meditation this morning with just being grateful, having gratitude for access into God's presence. Praise the Lord. Somebody say thank you. Somebody say thank you. You know, what happens in normal you know, systems, even in our country now, is that the most powerful persons that we have in the country now are the few persons that have access to the president. You see, because with that access, they can do and undo. Now, you and I don't just have access to our governor or president. We have access to the creator of the heavens and the earth. If that is not power, I don't know what you think power is. It means you can change, you can overrule. We've been looking at Esther and Mordecai for the past few days. And what was it that Esther had? Mordecai did not have access. Haman had access. By his access to the king, he plotted the destruction of the Jews, wasn't it? And they were going to be destroyed. But Mordecai was able to get Esther also to do what? To have access. So what am I saying? No matter what is happening in our country now, 
You have access to the king of kings. You have access to the president of presidents. You have access to the lord of lords. Praise the lord. You have access to the attorney general of the attorney generals. Praise the lord somebody. Tell your neighbor make use of that access. In the name of Jesus Christ. Okay. We'll go back to our text now. And our text, this was what happened after the resurrection of our Lord Jesus. And uh, the disciples were still in a state of shock. All manner of conversations were going on. The women had gone and said they saw him and they saw an angel who said they had risen. And these two people, these two disciples were traveling. And along the road, our Lord Jesus met with them, joined them on their trip and began to converse with them. And uh, we know the story that we're sad and, you know, we're expressing their disappointment concerning the events that had happened. But our Lord Jesus shut them down and said, All foolish ones, in verse 25, slow had to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. We've noted here that the problem was that they believed in some. My prayer is that you believe in all of the scriptures. Amen. It's very important, very, very important. If you believe in the scriptures, it's good. But you might be exposed to the wiles of the enemy. You and I are to believe in how many? In all, in all, in all. If I may jump myself, that is why our Lord Jesus Christ said to the Jews, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood. When you eat something, you eat everything. When it gets into your body, your body makes the decision what to keep and what to give out. Isn't it? That's why my younger sister, you know, she was the first to get born again in the house. My younger sister, when she brings food to eat, she says the calories should go. How many want to adopt that prayer? Amen. The carbohydrates should go. Eh? The fat should go. You just want the vitamins. Amen. Praise the Lord. You can pray that prayer and then we'll know. Tell, I'll see you after six months. And <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay, so he said we have to believe in all. All the prophets have spoken. And part of to highlight what he was talking about, verse 26 says, Ought not. So they didn't want that part. He said, Ought not the Christ word to have. That was the part they didn't want. Ought not the Christ to have suffered. That's the part they didn't want. When Peter rebuked Jesus, no, you will not suffer. You will not go to the cross. He was speaking as the speaker of the parliament. Praise the Lord. He was speaking on their behalf. They said, no, you're working miracles. You're raising the dead. You're feeding everybody. Just with your power, do everything you want to do. Nobody should be able to restrain you. Okay? But he said to them, no, the prophets wrote that the Christ will suffer. And the Christ word has to suffer. Okay? But that is not where it ends. The suffering is not, is not where it ends. The suffering is the path to somewhere. What does the other part say? Read it with me, everybody. And to what? I can't hear you. And to what? You can say that better. And to what? Because that is what is going to happen for you as well. Somebody say amen. As many as are going through difficulties and tribulations and trials, and even as a nation... I pray the mercy of God. I know that somehow judgment is closed, but I know that God is merciful. Praise the Lord. That this season will pass through and then will enter into a glorious season in the name of Jesus Christ. So it says, ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory. So the suffering is not the destination. The suffering is the route. If you bypass that route, you will never see glory. Somebody say, I receive grace. In the name of Jesus. 
And 27 went on and said, I'm beginning at Moses and all the prophets. He expounded to them in all the scriptures. Can you see how all is showing up here? I'm beginning at Moses and all the prophets. Not some. All of the prophets. What did he do? He expounded to them in how many? All the scriptures. Now, when this Bible is saying all the scriptures, there was no Matthew. It was talking about Genesis to Malachi. I'm beginning at Genesis up to Malachi. What did he do? He expounded to them in all of them the things concerning himself. There's, uh, there are some people that are teaching people. Now, you know when God blesses some people with intelligence, if they don't mix it with humility, the devil takes over. Okay? There are some people that are teaching people to ignore everything in the Old Testament now. And they say just, it's just Christ. It's just what is in the New Testament. But the Christ himself, read what he said. Let's read it out, everybody. Everybody. I'm beginning at Moses and... What did he do? How many scriptures? In way to Matthew, James, and John is not there. It's Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. He expounded to them in all those scriptures the things. So in Genesis, there is Christ. In Exodus, there is Christ. In Leviticus, there. You see, you won't appreciate this morning we're going to go and take the, the shed blood. You won't appreciate it until you go to Leviticus and see the process it took to cleanse a leper. The sinner is a leper. You see the protocol. You don't appreciate it. You think it's uh, wine. It's not wine. You know what it means to be banished. That is the spiritual significance. The sinner, the person who is in sin, is banished from fellowship. Even though now you can be in sin and come up and sing in the choir. Spiritually, you're far. When you don't see it in the old and see that this is what it is, you will not appreciate what is going on now. Is someone hearing me? So please be delivered in the name of Jesus Christ. The whole scriptures, our Lord Jesus told us again in the book of Revelation. If anybody removes from this scripture, it will be removed from him. That's why, you see, the, 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 we, are, we are just in dangerous times. But then that's what the Bible said will happen. People are going to come up with all kinds of things. What is your problem? Find Christ where you find him. Don't say everything in the old. There is no Christ. There. How can you say that? Praise the Lord. Everywhere, the whole of the scriptures, he expounded to them in all, in all of the scriptures, the things that were good. No, he said the things concerning himself. So they are not just principles. Are you hearing me? May the Lord grant us understanding in Jesus' name. Okay, so he did that. And as they listened to the things in those scriptures concerning himself, these people were now unquoting the New Testament. Am I right? But as he spoke to them concerning the things in the old, what began to happen? The Bible said as they moved on, he indicated he would have gone further. Okay, okay. Let, let me finish that one so I come back to this. As he told them about the things in the old, 32 says, their hearts were burning. It meant that the spirit began to take what was closed. You see, if somebody tells you that the Old Testament was closed, I will agree. Because the, the Bible says when they read it, a veil is put over their face. Okay? But when you have the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is the author. He will open it to you. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? Everything that is written there, he'll begin to interpret it to you. So maybe if someone doesn't have the Holy Spirit, he shouldn't bother. But if you have the Holy Spirit, I encourage you read Exodus. 
read Genesis because it's going to open. Praise the Lord. Anyway, so our text continues and says 28 says they drew near to the village where they were going. And Jesus indicated that he would go further. Okay? Now note what is going on here. 29 says, but what happened? They constrained him saying, abide with us. For it is toward evening. And then he agreed and went in to stay with them. And when I saw this immediately, he said to me, the Lord ministered to me and said, go to Mark 6 48. And when I went to Mark 6 48, you know what I saw? I saw that another situation happened. That Jesus would have passed his disciples by. Okay, Mark 6 48, thank you. He says, then he saw them straining at rowing for the wind was against them. Then he says, none about the fourth watch of the night. He came to them walking on the sea. And what happened? And would have passed them by. He would have passed them by. And here he would have continued and left them. But the Bible says they did what? Constrained him. And he said to me, do you know that in my weakness, in my no potence, I don't want to use impotence because some men will get uncomfortable. Okay? In my no potence, I can constrain omnipotence. Is someone getting what I'm saying? Jesus wasn't going to stop. But these men who had no power, what did they do? They stopped him. Why? They had hunger. Let me hear you say, they had what? They wanted more. If you came to church this morning with a hunger for more, you can stop omnipotence. You can stop the power of God and he will meet you. That's what happens when somebody comes into a meeting and says, today I will meet with the Lord. If you make that determination, the Lord will meet you. He says, if you draw near to me, what will happen? I will draw near to you. That's what happened. They constrained him. They constrained him. Why? The Bible says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. Why? It says there is a guarantee they shall be filled. You want to know, you will know. You want to encounter, you will encounter. You want to be healed, Jesus will heal you. You want to be touched, he will touch you. You have questions, he will answer you. Praise the Lord. They constrained him. Why? Something said to them, we haven't gotten enough. Let's continue. This service has been wonderful. Let's hold a vigil. Praise the Lord. And Jesus consented to them and said, well, (laughs) I will stay with you. Praise the Lord. And thank God they made that choice. Because it was when he stayed with them that we saw verse 30. And in verse 30 it says, Now it came to pass as he sat at the table with them, that he took bread, blessed and broke it and gave it to them. And, and the Bible says, Then their eyes were opened and they knew him. So at the breaking of bread, their eyes were opened and they what? They knew him. Okay? Now, we, we want to, we're going to go to the breaking of bread later, but we want to see what began to happen when, after he vanished from their sight, they now made this confession. Our hearts burned. Our hearts burned. Now, when I was writing it in my note, I wrote, our hearts burned. But something said, look at the scripture, and I saw that it was our heart. So, individually, they didn't know what was going on. But as they were saying it, they said the same thing. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, collectively, they didn't know. But everybody knew what was happening in his heart. Now, today, we're we're, we're going to, you know, the table of communion. I want you to come with me to Matthew. Matthew 26. Matthew 26, and and we'll read verse 28. Or we can read 26 to 28. 
So, so we get the, the, uh, the background, 26 to 28. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread, blessed and broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take it, this is my body. Then he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them saying, Drink from it all of you. Verse 28 now. He said, For this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. There must have been something in this breaking of bread, praise the Lord, that when Jesus did it, it immediately reminded them of this event. Praise the Lord. There must have been something about it that was the conclusion of all the talking, all the preaching, all the sermons. There must have been something about that act. That as they sat and he broke it and gave it to them. Immediately they remember this is the one we are in covenant with. This is Savior. This is Jesus. He's not just a man. Praise the Lord. He's the one. He's the son of God. He's God himself. There must have been something that happened. Now what is it here that our Lord Jesus Christ said? Verse 28 says, For this is the blood of the new covenant. Which is shed for many for the remission of sins. I want to believe that at this point, there was an ignition and, and uh, hey, grammar. There was an ignition. It's not, it's not sounding. There was a quickening. There was, you know, a kickstarting. No, no, it's not kickstarting. There, there was, you know, anyway, there was cha-cha-cha-cha-cha. Hallelujah. Just there was something, okay, that happened to them. And all of a sudden, they saw what they couldn't see. It was something about that covenant established before his death. Praise the Lord. And we want this morning to delve a bit and look at this covenant and what it actually says. Praise the Lord. We we want to see what is it about it so that if there is anybody in any area of confusion, in any area of, uh, of, uh, of, of, you know, of uh, disorientation, just like we saw these people, we saw that that was what changed everything. After that moment, the Bible says, verse 33 in our text, they got up and started going. Praise the Lord. We want to see a bit about this new covenant. And um, I want you to come with me to Jeremiah 31. Jeremiah 31, verse 31. We read 31 to 34. Let's see this covenant. Our Lord Jesus said, this is my blood of the new covenant. How many of us have had new covenant, new covenant, new covenant? You know, new covenant, new covenant. How many of us have heard things about the new covenant? What are some of the things we've heard about the new covenant? Anybody? Any, you know, the new covenant? Ah, I told you the story of, um, well, my wife told me the story of her friend in the university that got born again. And said, ah, this is the new, under this new covenant. It doesn't matter. Once you believe in Jesus, you can be sleeping with your boyfriend. Just, just do it as unto the Lord in the new covenant. In the new covenant, is grace now. Ah, don't speak law. In the new covenant, ah, no, you can dress anyhow. God sees your heart. So if even if you come naked to church, it's your heart that God is looking. Don't mind men. Men look on the outward. God sees your heart. In the new covenant, ah, no, now. Nah. Ah, okay, well, go, let, let's read what the Bible says. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Praise God. Okay, let's read verse 31 to 34, yes. Together, let's read. He said, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I'll make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. 
not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt. My covenant which they broke, though I was a husband to them, says the Lord. But this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts and I will be their God and they shall be my people. 34. No more shall every man teach his neighbor and every man his brother saying, know the Lord. For they all shall know me. From the least of them to the greatest of them, says the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity and their sin I will remember no more. Can can you give me the Living Bible, please? Verse 33 only. Living Bible, verse 33. It says, but this is the new contract I will make with them. I will inscribe my laws upon their hearts so that what? They shall want to honor me. They shall what? Want to honor me. We're going to come back there in the course of our study. We are looking at the new covenant. Praise the Lord. We are looking at the new covenant. Now come to Hebrews 8. It's repeated there as we Hebrews 8. We'll read from verse 8 to 12. Verse 8 to 12. Hebrews 8, 8 to 12. Okay, praise God. I have it here. He said, because finding fault with them, he says... Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt. Because they did not continue in my covenant and I disregarded them, says the Lord. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their mind. And write them on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Verse 11. None of them shall teach his neighbor, and none his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for all shall know me. From the least of them to the greatest of them. For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness, and their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We see here. In Old and the New Testament, the new covenant being given to us in a capsule form. Now, before we move on, just show me message verse 12, please. Hebrews 8.12 in the message translation. In case we don't come, you know, come back to it. It says, they will get to know me by being, what? Kindly forgiving. Praise the Lord. With the slate of their sins forever wiped clean. Can we read it, church? Everybody it says they will get to what? By being kindly forgiven. Let's read it again. It says they will get to know me by what? Kindly forgiven. Now, th- th- this, this, this is the place where this whole thing begins to turn and it gets very beautiful and interesting. I like that message gave us this translation. Our Lord Jesus, in Matthew 26, 28, we read, said, this is the blood of my new covenant, which was shed for the remission of sins. The beautiful and impeccable, untouchable, uncontroversial thing about the new covenant is that under the new covenant, the blood of Jesus also washes sins away. Praise the Lord. 
Under the new covenant, sin is dealt with. And sin is dealt with from beginning to the end. It means the power of sin, the source of sin. Satan is the head of sinners, isn't he? He's the one who brought sin in the world. In the new covenant, the Bible says our Lord Jesus Christ spoiled principalities and power. He made, he defeated them completely. He rendered them powerless. So he spoiled the source. He defeated him. Praise the Lord. And then he also broke the power over our lives. That is what he did. So when he died... He died in my place and in your place. So that anyone who identifies with him, the power, the marriage, everyone who is born into this world, technically is joined, you know, by some contract with Satan. Okay? But when we become born again, that old self is dead. So Satan does not have your remote control. He doesn't have your, uh, uh, what, there's this number in, in phones. He's not able to do what? Remote control you anymore. Why? That power has been broken. You have had a factory reset. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? So he can't pull strings on you anymore. Now Jesus under this new covenant now puts his spirit inside of us. Okay? That is spirit is what he now begins to tell us. I will write my laws. So it's not a lawless situation. Hello? Is that what we saw in the, when we read it? Is that, we, did, we, did we see that? It says, I will write what? I will put my laws where? So did he say in the new covenant there will be no law? Is that what we read? It says, I will put my law. But the problem is, or rather the reason is this. If there is no remission, there is no need telling me about the new law. You know why? Listen, as I'm close now, no matter how nice uh, a kaftan you make for me, if I wait, you know it won't look very nice. You know why? Because I'm carrying something under. The reason we needed a new covenant was that under the old covenant, like we dealt with last Sunday, forgiveness was a management. It was a temporary act that they covered. The Bible says the blood of bulls and rams and all of them. They were for the purification of the flesh. So every time a sacrifice was made, it didn't change you. It covered you. Praise the Lord, somebody. The sacrifices under the Old Testament had no power to transform a man. But they could cover a man. So you see somebody, he comes out and you look at him, he's not looking nice. You quickly put nice clothes on him. But when you put nice clothes on him, it doesn't make him a gentleman. He just makes him a well-clothed man. When he acts, you will see that he will act not in accord to what he's wearing. He's going to act in accord to what? Who he is. Now, that was the limitation of the old covenant. Um, the, the, one we read, the, the one we read in Jeremiah said, In this old covenant, I took them by the hand. So, under the old covenant, I have to be leading you externally. Is someone hearing me? Under the old covenant, you needed a daddy. Daddy bishop. Who would tell you when to wake up, when to lie down, when to sleep? You had to appear, you know, before this daddy bishop to blow on you for a new month. Eh? This daddy bishop had to bless you. You want to travel. You meet this daddy bishop, he will look into his oracle and tell you you can't travel. Are you getting what I'm saying? If you make money also, you have to bring to this daddy bishop because if that money doesn't come, you may not be able to travel again. You see? Under the old covenant, you had to be externally controlled. 
Is somebody getting what I'm saying? He says, you have to be led by the hand. That's why he had the Moses and the rest of them leading them. And it was a tough job for Moses because these people almost killed him. In fact, they did kill him finally. Okay? But in the new covenant, things begin to change. Like the man said, he said when he spoke to us, it wasn't the volume of his voice. It was that there was a connection between what he was saying and who I am inside. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? In the new covenant, what has changed is that sin, that means the nature, my nature that was incapable of hearing and communicating with God was removed. And then a new nature was put in me, which directly, there, there was this experiment we did in physics, Pastor, now maybe you remember. It's the one, uh, this thing that you place and then it vibrates. What was that thing called? Sorry? It, no, it's not pendulum. The vibrating tongue or something. A U-shaped thing that you place. Turning fork, yes. If you place it, something else somewhere picks the same vibration. Under the new covenant, something is put in you that has its origin with God. So that automatically when God feels something, you feel it. It's like infrared. I don't know whether it's Bluetooth or infrared, whatever. But that is what happens. It says, I will put my law in their hearts. I will put it in their what? Minds. Now, now he goes on further there and says, he, he, say, he goes on further, I'll mix it up so I, I don't, you know. He goes on further and says, you, nobody will have to tell you. You know why? Under this covenant, when we come to church, I should be able to give you the mic and you encourage me. I should be able to give you the mic and you warn me. I should be able to give you the mic. Why? Because everyone has the spirit of God. This status where you come and you sit down and you dodge me. You're drinking, you see me, you dodge. You're under the old covenant. You know why? You're drinking to what is inside your heart. I'm not in your heart. Why are you dodging me? If anything, you should see me and pop another bottle. You're you're wasting your time. Do you understand what I'm saying? Under this new covenant, it it is God is in you, God is in me. You know, I can't say this enough to those who are here. This is what pastors don't want you to know. That's why you go to pastors, there are 11 people waiting for them. If you met God in your house, what are you going to wait in somebody's office for seven hours? It means God doesn't live in your neighborhood. You don't have his phone number. He can't hear you. You can't hear him. And some PAs actually make a lot of money. Martin, you would have been a big man if I was a different kind of pastor. Because you have to take care of them so that they can see the representative of God. But that's not the new covenant. Are you getting what I'm saying? That's not the new covenant. Under the new covenant, God is no longer in heaven. He says, your bodies are what? Temples of the Holy Spirit. That did not happen then. God then had a temple. In fact, at a stage, they had to move the tabernacle out of the camp of Israel. So that the people will live maybe in a... Where would the people live? The people will live in Maitama and God will be in Guagua Karimu. And then Moses will leave the people and go to God. And then when he goes to God, all the people will see that Moses is with God there. Are you understanding? And that's why you see some people, when the man of God comes, they're touching where he passed. Because where they came from, God is not around there. But in the new covenant, he's with them. He's in the camp. He's living in them. He's dwelling amongst them. Praise the Lord. Yes, he's conversing with them. So they're talking with their wives, he's there. They're talking with their friends, he's there. Okay, whatever it is, he's there. That's what the new covenant is. It's not this thing that they've told us. But the key thing which you must not miss 
is that, you see, unless the remission of sins was taken care of, we can't. God is holy. Do you understand? He, he can't come in. You know, he told Moses, he told Moses, I will not be in your midst. You know why? I will destroy you people. So I have to be far. But you see, under the new covenant, everybody who is born again, we have a lend, lended. Allow me to use that word, please. We have a lended righteousness, which Jesus gave to us when we got born again. So every one of us, he lent us his robe of righteousness so that God can meet with us. So when God is meeting with me, it's not based on what I've done or what I didn't do. He's saying, Jesus said I should meet with you. He said, when you see him, I remember me. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? So under the new covenant, that provision is made. So the spirit of God can now come and dwell with us. But when God comes to meet with me in my borrowed righteousness, I can quench him. The Bible says, grieve not the Holy Spirit. Quench not the Holy Spirit. The Bible says, as many as are led of the Spirit. So he can be with me and he will tell me, turn right. I say, shut up. You don't live in Nigeria. And I will turn left. Is somebody getting the way it works? That is the new covenant. The new covenant, the Spirit comes in. You will hear a voice when you want to turn to the left or to the right. You will hear a voice then to you what? This is the way to go. While you're busy dodging people, the voice is not outside. You don't close window in this new covenant. You don't hide your phone in this new covenant. You don't put screensaver or a password in this new covenant. This new covenant is in the hardware of your phone. Are you getting what I'm saying? That, that is what it is. It says, I will put my laws in their minds it begins to rewire their thinking so the bible says do not be conformed to this world but be what transformed that is what the new covenant does the new covenant brings transformation it doesn't bring conformation conformation is from outside transformation is from inside you can stop conformation you can act conformation but you can't act transformation is somebody hearing what I'm saying? That is the new covenant. But I keep, I repeat it, the foundation is that if you look at all of them where we read, it is that for the remission of sins. That's why if you don't hear and you're not conversant with the issue of sin as you go to church, then leave that church. He's not talking about it because the problem was sin. The problem remains sin. Notice that Lord Jesus Christ didn't say this in Matthew 26, 28. You can put that on the screen so everybody says, okay, thank you. He didn't say this is the blood of my new covenant so that by it you can prosper. Is that what he said? He didn't say this is the blood of my new covenant so that by it you'll be healed. Did he say that? Did, he didn't say this is the blood of my new covenant by this you'll be shielded from the, the dangers on the way. Is that what he said? No, he, you know why he didn't need to say it? In Genesis 1, 26 to 28, he had already blessed man. Let us make man in our image. Okay? And let man be what? Fruitful. He had already put all the blessing. What disrupted what he did was sin. What restores it is removal of sin. When sin is remitted, everything is restored. Is somebody getting it? That's scripture. Isn't it very simple? It's simple. Everything was there. Garden of Eden was perfect. Until sin came in. When the new covenant came, it uprooted sin. So that we begin a process of restoration into perfection. So if I come and I'm shouting over your head, 
you will prosper. And I don't remove the cause. I'm wasting my time. I'm wasting your time. If I come and I'm shouting over your head, take healing. And I'm not removing the root of illness. Then I'm wasting my time. If I come and shout any other thing, I'm deceiving you. Because the new covenant says, what happened? They say, my sins have been what? Remitted. By that remission of sin, I stand in a position to receive everything that without prayer, before I existed. Do you know that you existed before you are? Praise the Lord, somebody. Yes, you existed. Don't worry, you existed before you became a Nigerian. You existed. So, when we get into that place, everything that God Everything that God had written and intended for us, automatically, automatically. That's why as you grow and mature in the Lord, a few of us will have this witness. You realize that you don't pray for your needs again. You may mention it from time to time. But as you grow, there is something that is happening in you. You know what you begin to pray? You begin to see how that first part of the Lord's prayer, our Father which art in heaven, what? Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. That's where your prayer ends. By the time you dwell there, there is nothing more. Why? Because you have now begun to step into where the original man was. Original man had no need. Original man had no in-laws to pray against. Original man had no security needs. He had no health needs. The only thing he needed to be praying about, if he was wise and over, Lord, please never allow me to get near the tree of knowledge of good and evil. That is your will. That was the only thing he said to man that would be contrary to what man desired. He said to him, of every fruit of the tree, what? You may freely eat. That's what he said to him. He said to him, ten. Every other thing was okay. So that was the only thing he should have bothered. And when you look at the Lord's prayer, you know, it's it's such, you know, know, our Lord Jesus is wonderful. Can we just put our hands together? He's so wonderful. He's the living word. In our last prayer, when he says, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth. Okay? He says what? Give us this day daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive. Then he goes on and says, lead us. That prayer is another very powerful prayer there. Lead us so that we do not what? In fact, okay, that's the way I pray it. I'm so used to it. I almost think that's the way it is. Lead us not into temptation. It's lead us so that we do not fall into temptation. Or another way, say, lead, lead, lead me. Let me follow your leading. Because if I follow your leading, temptation has no power over me. Do you understand what I'm saying? Then the other part which says, deliver me from evil. You know, when most of us pray, we say, deliver me from Boko Haram. Deliver me from COVID. You should also pray, deliver me from being evil. That is more dangerous than any evil. You see, the Bible says, if a man's ways are pleasing unto the Lord, (laughs) deliver me from doing evil, not to my wife, not to my children, not to my neighbor, not to my clients, not to my country, not to anybody. Deliver me. Evil must not be found with me. Lord, save me. That was the prayer of Jabez. But the only part of it we know is that Lord enlarge my coast. But he said, Lord, that I may not cause pain. Let nobody end their day and say he cannot hurt him. When you do that, you're entering into a place of divine pleasure. He said, my father is always with me. Because what? I always do those things that are pleasing to him. If the father is always with you, Abba. If a friend was telling us the other day that he once rode... He once rode in the convoy, not in the convoy, in the car of, um, of the IG of police. 
And he said, when they were in the car, he said, how many kilometers radius? They cleared the road. You know? No car in front, no car behind. You're just there. He, he, while he's in that car, he doesn't bother about traffic light. He doesn't bother about Lasma. Where are the ones in Abuja? Abuja Municipal. Those people that clamp people's tires. He doesn't bother. He, he's not, you know why? He's in the presence. He's in the vehicle of the IG. Are you getting it? When God is with you. Hallelujah, somebody. When you are in the presence of God. Are you getting what I'm saying? Some things are just taken care of. Yes. He said the man told him. I almost called the person's name. He said the man told him, look, look. Is it easy to leave these things? When they were trying to remove the man. He said, it's not easy. Okay. I pray that you also will not contemplate leaving the presence of God. In Jesus' name. So we see, captured for us in the Old and the New Testament, what the new covenant is. is a transition from external religion to internal relationship. No longer by hand, no longer by compulsion, no longer by shouting, no longer by registers. No longer by saying, you must do this, you must do that, you mustn't do that. No! We said here last Sunday that the Bible doesn't tell any of, any of us eat. You know why? If you allow us, I don't know who teaches babies to suck their mother's breast. It is in their DNA. I get what I'm saying? The same way when we get born again, the things that God desires, you don't need a preacher to shout it over you. You might be encouraged. There might be fellowship. There might be all of that. But nobody, will, you won't be dodging anybody. You won't be hiding. You won't be offended. Offense is because there's contrary direction. If we are moving in the same direction at the same pace, I can't run into you. The reason we're offended is that you're contrary. Is somebody getting it? So, so what, what are we doing in the church today? And we claim it's new covenant. I don't need anybody. You see, there's provision under the new covenant for prophecy. And most of that prophecy is for confirmation. But God forbid that every day I'll come for a man to prophesy for me for my day. Who are you? Who born you? Are you even if you're a witch, I don't need it. And if you're from God, he's already inside of me. What are you prophesying to me every morning for? Declaring to me. What are you declaring to me that he hasn't told me? I get what I'm saying. This is the new covenant. Under the code, it was necessary. Do you understand? Now, at different levels of faith, I think people may actually get born again and be growing and transiting. So some of these things may not be easy for you to capture. But I pray the Lord, like we prayed at the beginning, will open up our understanding in Jesus' name. But the essence is this. This new covenant is where you and I are now. Praise the Lord. And this is really what he says. Leave what people have said. He deals with this issue of sin. He takes our sin and removes it. That is what the enemy has against us. But under the new covenant, by the blood of Jesus, anybody under the sound of my voice, the Bible says today is what? The door of salvation. Under the new covenant, nobody can be failed tomorrow because of his yesterday. Nobody. No matter if you've murdered, you've committed abortion, you've done all of that. Under this new covenant, the blood is effective enough. The efficacy of the blood presents you righteous before God the moment you surrender. And if you've made a mistake, that mercy is available even now. I get it what I'm saying. God doesn't count one, two, three, I will kill you. No. The only problem is that you don't know when you'll die. So if you're planning to finish five before you repent, 
Maybe your time is two and a half, not even full three. Because some people make, you know, very intelligent plans. There was some comedian, he's born again, you know, but he's only was saying, he told, he said, Jesus, don't come. Let rapture not take place. Let me marry. Uh-huh. You know, he had been keeping himself. So he said, Lord, please wait. Let me marry. He's married now. So I think based on him, Jesus can come. Okay. Listen to me, people of God. We have this new covenant. It comes and it removes the power. I pray the Holy Spirit will help you understand what I'm trying to say. You see, the power of guilt, I tried to deal with it last Sunday. Where the enemy, you know what it means to carry a load. How many of us can swim here? Quite a few of us can swim. How many of us can swim? Okay, if you can swim, okay, you'll understand this example because I'm amongst those who can't swim. I can move in water, but I can't swim. I can't imagine how somebody can wear clothes and swim. But those who can swim can wear a water and swim. Am I right? I don't know how it's possible. You can wear clothes and swim. I first of all have to be naked. Do you understand? To begin to sort this problem out. It's the same thing with the new covenant. Under the new covenant, the blood cleanses you so that you don't have inhibitions. You don't have entanglement. Nothing is from your past telling you, who are you calling father? God, but the devil was your father. No, he removes everything from the past. He takes every handwriting of requirement that was contrary to us and what nails it to the cross. He said, Who are you know? Sometimes I imagine, you know, I'll just ask myself, I said, This man, you know, they so you just be preaching righteousness, mom. She'll be laughing. I say, Yes, because I've been forgiven, and the same God can forgive anybody. I get what I'm saying. That's the power of the new covenant. It, de- it dealt, you know, a blow to my past and then gave me grace for my future. It brings grace. Grace says to you, all things are possible. Grace says to you, nothing can pull you back. Grace says to you, no strings attached. Grace says to you, he did a perfect work. Grace says to you, it is finished. The voice of the devil in someone's ear today, I say thus far and no more. It is finished. That condemnation, that guilt is dealt with in the name of Jesus. If you repent, he forgives you. The power is strong. Praise the Lord. But then it takes you to the next level. Where it begins to say, when I clean. You know, liberty. We have misunderstood what liberty is. Liberty is not lawlessness. Liberty is freedom to choose. When someone is in bondage, he doesn't make his choices. The captive makes choices for him. Praise the Lord. But when you have liberty, liberty means you have the right to choose. Okay? You get it now. If I'm a captive, I don't have the right. So whatever my, you know, captor says to do, I have to do. But if I have liberty, I have the freedom to choose. Now, choice, always, choice must have consequences. Choice must have what? Consequences. So there is liberty, which leads to ability to choose. Ability to choose, which leads to the consequences you choose. That's why the Bible can say, if you sow to the spirit, you reap what? Everlasting life. If you sow to the flesh, what do you do? Reap corruption. That liberty is for you and I. And we make the choice. So the new covenant brings liberty to every man. So when somebody is born again, what I can tell you is that he's no longer under bondage. And now, you know what that does? Have you heard people say, the devil made me do it? Eh? Have you said it before yourself? Okay. You know what that does? The devil is no longer in your case. 
you now have liberty. Praise the Lord, somebody. That's it. Under the new covenant, everybody who is born again now has what? Liberty. If any man is in Christ, what has happened? He's a new creation. All things have what? Passed away. Behold, all things have become new. But that new person has now liberty. That liberty must make choices. Those choices have consequences. Somebody will ask, Judas was born again. He was. But he made a choice. And the choice led to death. The new covenant. You know, you read the Bible and you see some things. When our Lord Jesus Christ in this Matthew 26, when he was saying to the disciples, one of you will betray me. Do you know Judas said, is it I? And do you know, I love Jesus. I pray for that anointing and grace. You know, there are some truths that are difficult to tell. If it was me that Judas asked, is it him? I'll start coughing. <coughs> I'll do as if I didn't hear it. But when Judas asked Jesus, because he's the truth, he can't lie. He said, it's as he said. What is that? That is grace. That's opportunity. That was an opportunity for Judas to fall down. Hold Jesus' leg. In fact, if he didn't leave that dinner that night, he would have passed that temptation. They would have needed to find some other person. But his heart had gone. He had spent the 30 pieces of silver. He had bought the land. He had finished the transaction. So he said, it, it it's as he said. He didn't still change. The Bible says when he went out, it became dark. He now left light and went into darkness. Every child of God is in light, but you can still go into darkness. You know what? Let nobody tell you that if you're born again, you're sentenced to heaven. If God sentences you to heaven, then he's no longer the spirit of liberty. If you don't have the choice every day of your life to turn back, then it's no longer liberty. It's bondage. Let nobody deceive us. You can read your Bible. If you're faithful to the end, you'll receive. He has to allow you that liberty. His love. Praise the Lord. His love. Okay? So, so the new covenant has this characteristics. And quickly, because my time is gone, there are some things I want you to say about the new covenant. And why, why I want you to see this? So that you, 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 can, you can help your friends and you, know, you yourself will be helped. So when, when we speak worship, in fact, everything in Christianity, which should make sense. Okay, just like a country, Nigeria now. Everything we do as a country should find this bearing from where? Anybody? Our constitution. Okay? But if you want to see the way things are done in a place, look at their constitution. The same way. How are things done? You see? If you want to see in, in this new covenant, eh? As Christians. Now, if you want to see how Christianity should be, come and look at the covenant and see what it causes us to have to do. Now, the foundation is forgiveness of sins. Okay? What happens is this. Worship. How many of us love to worship the Lord? I know you raise your hand. Praise the Lord. Worship is an outflow of appreciation of forgiveness. When you see people struggle. Please, when I say worship, for illustration, we might use church. But okay, but you know that the first time worship was mentioned in the Bible, Abraham wasn't going to church. He was going to sacrifice his son. But if you struggle with worship in any sense, it is simply a struggle with revelation of your forgiving state. And why will I struggle with the revelation of my forgiving state? If I keep going back to what I'm forgiving, then I'll never know I've been forgiven. In the account where our Lord Jesus, Luke 7, let me try and call them quick. Luke 7, 36 to 48, if you're taking notes. I wanted to leave this for midweek, but I think quickly because... 
A few of us may not be there. Luke 7, 36 to 48. Just take note of it. We won't read it. Where Mary, where uh, Mary broke the alabaster flask and the Pharisee who was hosting Jesus was wondering, why should this woman do this? And what did our Lord Jesus Christ say? He said, if you had debtors and one owed you 100 and one owed you maybe 50 million and you forgive both of them, he said, who will show more gratitude? He says, the one who what? You forgave 50 million. And he said to him, look at you. I came to your house. You sat next to me. You didn't wash my feet. Okay? You didn't anoint my head. You know why? Jesus is an addition to where you're standing. I get in it. Jesus is a new friend who I like to mingle with. But he said, this woman, she has not ceased to anoint my feet with the tears from her eyes. So she took her head and put it down at the lowest place. She has been weeping, honoring me. He said, why? Because he whom much is forgiven loves much. Listen to me, child of God. No matter the sound of the instruments, it cannot make you a worshiper. No matter the anointed voice that sings, it won't make you a worshiper. You become a worshiper when you know. That's why sometimes you might be bored when I'm always telling you how God saved me. It helps me. When you know what God forgave you, when you know what is your portion, but they remove from it. You know, portion now, nobody remembers that portion. But you shouldn't do. But remember it was taken away. When you know the judgment that was on your head, that's what happened. Jesus said, he who much is forgiven. What? He said, loves much. His basis is from the new covenant. Praise the Lord. It's not a stroke. And when that revelation comes, you see that if there are 10 of us, 10 of us will have different degrees of gratitude welling up in our hearts. It's not the one you can decree. The HOD can't tell us that. I get what I'm saying. The bishop can't tell us that. Everybody knows. You know, I think the songwriter sang and says, you don't know the cost of the oil in my alabaster box. You don't know. You don't know what this cost me. You don't know what he has done for me. Is there anybody Jesus has done something for? Can you shout and say, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Forgiveness is basis for sanctification. Pastor is always talking about holiness and righteousness and all of that. John 8 verse 11, please. Forgiveness is basis. If you're not forgiving, if it's not the new covenant, the truth is that nobody should bother you about sinning. Continue in sin. You understand? What's the point? You understand? What's the point? You know, Mom Chi, she always tells me this story. She said, uh, I think it was Big Fish and uh, who was that? The, the one that said, yeah. When they were about to execute some robbers those days, so there was a big fish and who was the other one? Anyway, one of them, you know, they were all lined up. And you know how the priests will go and they, some of them are remorseful and are just bending their heads. So I think big fish bent his head and was remorseful. The one next to him said, yeah, he's I kill me, kill me. You don't get what is happening. They were already going to kill him. So he gathered that, what's the point, acting holy? <laughs> Okay, it's big fish that said it. Uh-huh, it's big fish. So others were just bowing their heads and, you know, appearing remorseful of the life they lived and all of that. Big fish says, yeah, it's big fish. It's big fish. He, his argument was, or his thinking was, <laughs> they're going to kill me. 
So why should I come and remove all my swag now? Let me die in my sin with swag. If you're not forgiving, what is the point? Continue to sin. Jesus said to this woman, what? I do not condemn you. Based on that, go and sin no more. If anybody says, I'm sinning because he forgives, he has never been forgiven. Because if you're forgiven, okay, praise the Lord. Um, Auntie Mama Peace, you refuse to drive. But for some reason, you know, out of the move of the spirit, I give you my car. Okay? And I say, you must drive. And you drive out the car, drive out the car, drive out the car. And as wide as the gate is, you decide to kiss the, the side of the side mirror and just brush it. If you come back and I say to you, peace, peace, the wife of Raj, the family I love, and forgive you. Next month, come and drive my car again. What will you do? Tell me, what will you do? In that one month, what will she do? She will perfect her driving. You know why? She has been forgiven. She will not want to scratch my car again. But if she comes back next one month and scratches, then you know that we have to remove something from her ear. Or not even her ear, from her heart. It's simple. If you're, continue, if you're listening to me and you're continuing in sin and it's not breaking your heart, today receive forgiveness so that that power is broken in the name of Jesus. It's, it's, it's a simple thing. The new covenant, this is the new covenant. Je- Jesus doesn't speak empty. He said, woman, I do not what? Condemn you. He didn't say, I will not condemn you. He said, I do not. Now, go and sin no more. I, I, was, I saw something, a few of us may have seen it. I think there's some, some guy, you know, a friend of mine on Facebook. You know Facebook friends. I don't know whether he invited me or what. But he's quite intelligent. But he's one of those people that, that don't believe that there is hell and that there is heaven. So he put a question which, you know, for those of us who may have seen it. But I don't like engaging people in, in that sphere. And he said, why will a loving father threaten me with hell? Now, now. The, the, the answer I got for him was, why would road safety threaten you with accident? Do they cause accidents? If road safety, if you're speeding on the road and road safety is waving and is arresting you for beating, doing 150 in a road that you should do 60, are they threatening you with hell? They're saving you. But you know the devil, he gets human beings, pumps them up and they think they have sense and then they become fools. God is not in hell. He's not sending anybody to hell. He's in heaven. He's just telling you that if you don't do it this way, you will miss heaven. And when you jump to heaven and miss it, you don't stop in Maitama. You don't stop in New York. The place you land is where? So he's just warning you. The same way Rosef, I remember those days we used to drive to, to Lagos. There are some roads that are very, you know, the curves are just high. And then the tendency is you forget yourself and your spirit. Then road safety will just look at you gently. And they will do like, then if you have sense, something will tell you it's for your good. That's what it is. Praise the Lord. There, there are no heavenly father is threatening you. He's inviting you to heaven. So they tell you to slow down. Why? Because you have loved ones at home. They don't want you to have an accident. Road safety doesn't threaten people. They're concerned for your safety. Praise the Lord. So forgiveness, the new covenant, is basis for sanctification. So you're attending a place or in an environment where they don't tell you about sanctification, then maybe it's, it's not a new covenant environment. The same thing, 
Sars and Mars, you come to church today and just like King David, I'm anointed and, you know, moved. I give all of you brand new white, you know, uh, uh, Hugo Boss suits. And say, go and change. Everybody goes and changes and wears their brand new white Hugo Boss suit. Are you going to go outside there and buy puff puff and eat and do like this? Some of us won't even eat. We're hungry, but we won't eat. Why? We don't want to risk what? It's what we receive that is the basis of sanctification. New covenant. Christians under the new covenant, they do not at all. Praise the Lord. Ephesians 3, 7 and 8. The Apostle Paul speaking here, dedication. This is for some of us who are, you know, who have been born again for a while. This is what the Apostle Paul says. He says, of which I became a minister according to the gift of the grace of God, given to me by the effective working of his power. He said to me, who am less than the least of all the saints, this grace was given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. What is happening here again? Paul is acknowledging that this covenant brought him in. He says, I'm the least and this grace was given. Is it a wonder why he was the one who labored most? Because he took a bearing from saying, I'm the least qualified to be in this environment. If you struggle to serve God, then it means that when you look at yourself, you think I'm blessing God. You know, some people think they are coming to church is a blessing to God. And, and really, for a, a period, it was like that for me. I told you. I told you when. No, no. I don't, don't worry. Just leave, leave that out. Thank you. <clears throat> you know, I told you when, when I was happy. Or I even used to be happy. If I look at the car park and see some cars, I'll be happy. I say, I, I, I mean, I'm succeeding as a pastor. People of God. Whether it's Kekena Pep. Or the flying car. How many of us know there is flying car now? For those of us that are killing ourselves with cars that ride on the road. There is a flying car. You have to upgrade your lust. Because with that flying car now, if you want to pose for me, Georgie, I'll ask the person, does your car fly? If it doesn't fly, keep quiet. All of us are on the road. Lagos traffic will keep us. Whether it's a Rolls Royce or whether it's Kia. We're in traffic. Uh-huh. But if you bring flying car now, at least we will... We will look at you. So the apostle says, say, I am the least of all the saints. This grace was given me that I should preach among the Gentiles, the unsearchable. It's the new covenant. The new covenant helps you understand. Do you know, people of God, do you know, we've, we've dealt with that. Do you know the privilege of being an instrument? An instru- being an instrument. The problem is that there are so many things you want. Being instrumental. For somebody leaving hell and going to heaven, you can chat with somebody. And by the end of that conversation, the person's destiny is turned from hell to heaven. Do you know the privilege that is? And more so, you didn't come from heaven to preach it. You also came from that direction. That's what Paul is saying here. Me, who am the least, that I'm saved alone. Hallelujah. But that I'm now giving the privilege... Why would somebody need to ginger me? That's what the new covenant does. People who understand the new covenant, who are in the new covenant, let me not even say, who are in the new covenant, nobody gingers them to serve the Lord. 
The thing is like fire caught up in their bones. They are burning. Why? It's the new covenant. I've been forgiven. I've been privileged. I've been anointed. I've been called. I've been chosen. I'm a saint of the Lord. He has sent me. Listen to me. You are an apostle. Do you know that? The word apostle means sent ones. You know what Jesus Christ said? Go into all the world. You are an apostle. The truth is this. You know, you know part of what we have to deal with, which you know, sometime I hope we might you know, advance, is that church is not a spectator environment. And that's where we've kept it. You don't come and watch a, 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 a Messi perform and then you clap. You don't come and watch a Mbappe. Is there, there's one called Mbappe, Abby. I'm trying to sound like I know football. Don't worry, I don't even know any. I didn't even know they were playing European Cup until last night. So that's how dumb I am in football. Okay? You, you don't have to come and sit down and watch anybody. You are the player. Under the new covenant. is the old covenant that somebody up there was the player. In this new covenant, you are the player. You're the one on stage. You think I'm on stage. You're on stage. The new covenant. Paul says, I, every one of us. Praise the Lord. A few more quickly and then we'll go to the, a few more. Very important. Service, we mentioned that in passing. Luke 174, please. I, I think the Holy Spirit is answering the prayer we prayed on Wednesday. Because we prayed for understanding. And the prayer, I think, as Sister Vicky prayed also for us, that there will be understanding. Luke 174, this is uh, Zechariah speaking. And he says, to grant us that we being delivered from the hand of our enemies might do what? Might lounge. Might relax. No. The new covenant says there is deliverance so that there will be what? Service. Help me ask your neighbor, how are you serving the Lord? If you have been delivered. Okay, let's be more gentle, polite. Since you have been delivered. Ask again, I'm serious. How are you serving the Lord since you have been delivered? This is what the new covenant, covenant is talking about. That we've been delivered from the hand of our enemies might serve. If you're not serving, you can answer that. Another one quickly is in Luke 19, verse 8 and 9. And I begin to round up from there. Because this is one that um, for many of us here, we, we, we just like this part, you know. Luke 19, 8 and 9 is Zacchaeus. Then Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Lord, look, Lord, I give half of my goods to the poor. And if I've taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore fourfold. And Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house because he also what, is a son of Abraham. You know what happened here? Jesus met Zacchaeus and said, come down to them, come into your house to eat. And Zacchaeus made the statement he made, but we don't see anywhere. Jesus saying to him, go and pay those your own. Is it there? When you go home, read these passages, please. Because of time, I shortened them. Jesus didn't tell him anything about giving. Jesus didn't tell him anything about uh, restitution. Thank you, sir. Thank you. He didn't tell him anything about that. The Bible says he stood and announced, child of God, you can't be in this new covenant. And the people you did while you are crying. Eh? And you're just telling them, 
I'm a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Call for two. What you'll be doing is you'll be blocking their road. If you are a new creation, there are some things that you're holding. There might be gold to somebody, but to you is acid. You quickly want to what? Take it and go and dispose. One of the ways you know you're born again is in your business practices, your finances. I'm going somewhere. Now, you know in this church, hey, thank you, Holy Spirit, thank you. We say you don't pay tithe. You know why? Because the teaching of tithing has been compelled with the old covenant. The tithe somebody tells you to pay is old covenant. But do you know Abraham paid tithe with no command? The law concerning tithe was in Leviticus. Praise the Lord. When did Abraham pay tithe? In Genesis. What happened? He went to war. He and his family, 300 and something men, fought against five kings. As Abraham was fighting, he was telling himself, this is a wonder. He will kick, you watch those Chinese movies. He will kick one person, four will fall. He will do chop. He doesn't even touch them, seven will fall. He will throw his sword. The thing will go and catch 17 people and kill them. Abraham was saying to himself, no be me, self. Abraham, <laughs> something they happen here. No be me, self. So when the fight finished, and he was coming back. When he met the priest, Melchizedek, immediately, the priest didn't tell him, if you don't pay tithe, you go to hell. Anybody who is saying that to you is under the old covenant. But what I'm saying is this. Just like Zacchaeus here. Jesus didn't preach giving to him. You know, in this church, we don't preach giving. And they disturb me, pastor, I have to preach this thing. No, I preach the new covenant. Because when you know that God is your source, and when you know that this is God's house, where you come to feed. I told you people how I started paying tithe. Let me say it again. Nobody preached me to pay tithe. I went to church one day. I sat down. I was not even a walk. I sat down. And the choir was singing. I looked at the speakers. I'm an accountant. I'm a chartered accountant. I looked at, there were no ACs in church then. I looked at the chairs, plastic chairs. I looked at everything. And I calculated my offering for one year. And I said, my offering for one year, multiplied by the number of people here, cannot fund this thing that is going on here. That means some people are paying tithe. Some people are doing more. That was the day. From that day. I don't need any man to come and tell me where tithe is coming from. Whether it's coming from the law, or it's coming from the market, or it's coming from the stock exchange. No, I'm just grateful. I'm a part of this family. Do you understand? This is my father's house. Do you understand? It's as simple. You can't stop me from giving to my father's house. Do you understand? In Nimbo, there's a title. It says, Akuluono or Baolu. Which means when wealth, when wealth gets home, eh, then it makes sense. You can't be here acting and forming big man. 
And then you don't bring money to church. You know, I laugh when I see people. Don't mind me. The part of the things God told me when I was there, he said, you're going to be able to, you have to minister to people who are like Peter, who when they saw prosperity, they turned their backs on it and followed Jesus. Because some of these messages I teach you here, those who, are, who want rich men are afraid to teach it. But I don't want rich men. I want people who are rich in God. They are greater than rich men because they have power with God. You, you can't come here and be forming big man and I'm not seeing the weight of your deposit in the church. Not as if I see. I'm not in the finance department. But you can't say he loves me. I'm a child of God. I'm born again. That's my church. And you have not contributed. And you're not contributing. You're lying. It can be true. Look at Zacchaeus. Nobody told him. He said he stood. What Jesus came for was to eat dinner. He started making financial announcements. You know why? When this thing begins to happen inside, it's like running stomach. You can't hold it. You just be doing like. If the, if the spirit of God is working, is somebody getting what I'm saying? Let me say new covenant. New covenant. You can't hold back. Some of us say we go to social functions. One young lady or one man will just balance like this. Like Osadebe. What, what, what are those songs? Oh, Sunday, oh, Wendy. Ah, the Lord. Red and sea. Begging on Ansobu. He's overthrowing you now. Oh, Sunday. You know, people will just be coming up from different places and be dropping money. I want to ask you, in those places, does anybody preach to them? Today is your day of breakthrough. Come and recognize the man of God. Come and sow for your breakthrough. Yeah, yeah, nonsense. Anywhere you hear that, turn off the screen. Because they're teaching you old covenant. Under the new covenant, people give from inside. People give from inside. And the people don't give because, you know, some people say, Pastor, you don't need anything. I, I, by the grace of God, I'll never need anything because I have Jesus. He's my father. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not what? If the Lord is your shepherd, you don't want. But do you know why we give sometimes? Let me tell you. I was reminded to tell you this. My father was almost, I can say maybe a billionaire. Okay? But he was, whatever, he was very, very rich. At 22 years, I bought my mother a Mercedes Benz. Not that my father couldn't buy her a car. But you see, just to honor her, she didn't need a car from me. Do you understand? I looked at myself. I said, ah, Amy, Amy Aki. You know, I just checked myself out like this. I said, how much? I bought it and took it down to Enugu and handed over to her. Not that she needed a car from me. Her husband could buy 10 times that. But so that when she drives, she will tell her friends, my son, that little one, you know how mothers will tell it, he's the last one. He bought me this car. That's what I told you on Wednesday. Was it on Wednesday? I said, I didn't cry when she died. You know, thank you, Holy Spirit, for helping me. Why will I cry? I've honored her. Some of you have parents you're not honoring. If they die and I see you crying, I will beat you. Do you understand? What, what's, what am I crying? I've honored her. Even though, I mean, it was a painful lesson because she wasn't ill. But she was born again. So, it was painful. But you see, I've honored, I didn't need her calling me to say, hey, can, uh, that enjoyment you're enjoying in Lagos. No, I looked at myself and said, I have money. Praise the Lord. 
Long before I bought gold for, for Momichi. Yes. That was the time I knew that my heart, I was sold. She had taken over me. Your love has taken over me. I have bought gold for you. You know, before then, I'm telling you the truth. I just bought it, took it to her. She didn't need it from me. But it was from me inside. That's what the new covenant does. I pray that the Father's church will become a church of new covenant people. Do you understand? Let the enemy stop playing tricks on us. Because some people come here and because we're not announcing, now wave your offering, wave your tithe. Ah, we want to raise 50 million. Those who can give 10 million, come and stand here. Those who can give 11 million, stand there. You, 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 may the Lord save you. Do you understand? We're not in the old. This is new. With humility, you bring it and run away. You drop it and run away. Nobody should see you. Why? Because the Bible said their hearts were bonded. It's in this new covenant, it's a hard thing. It is deep to deep. It is not surface. If we do, we were discussing the other day. Ah, so the way people give money in their church, I say, go and check what happens there. If you tune the flesh, money will come out. But I will never, by the grace of God, I will never tune the flesh. What the Bible says is mortify the flesh. Why? Because we are not where if you sow to the flesh, we won't reap anything helpful. Do you understand? So you, you come here and say, we don't pray. We will not come here and be telling you, waste your precious time to go to heaven and, and sanctify yourself and start telling you, bring it tight or else. Nobody will tell you that. But if God is your God and you like Abraham went out during the week and during the month and during the year and God kept you, God prospered you. God blessed you. When you sit down, or even like David, David sat down in his house, looked around his house, and said, oh no, I cannot live in this kind of house. And the house of God will be in that state. That is what they need. These are people in the Old Testament too, teaching us what the Spirit of God does in the new. It takes from the heart. Let's rise on our feet. Father, we thank you. I want you, as many as I've heard, I don't know, I want to believe that most of us here are recipients of this new covenant. But I want you to just begin to thank the Lord. The Bible calls it a new and better covenant. That is what it is. A new and better covenant. I want you to thank the Lord that you and I are privileged that God will descend that Jesus will have to come to go to the cross to create for us a new and living way. That the Holy Spirit will be sent into the world so that he can abide in us and with us to make this covenant work. I want to thank you, Lord. I don't know about you, but I'm so grateful that I can be led of the Spirit, not of the pastor, not of the preacher, not of the bishop. I don't want to lead anyone here. My prayer is that the Spirit will lead everyone. I don't have that desire. I'm content with myself. That's the simple truth. I'm not a leadership, you know, crazy person. Who has that time? I'm just okay being me. And that is why I'm begging you that you will find a connection. That the living God will come and live inside of you. If not, this environment will be dangerous for you. Because you will come expecting me to do something. To punish you. To 
chastise you, to do this to you. I won't do that. Why? Because you have the new covenant and the Spirit of God will be in you telling you this is the way to go. Let us gather together and encourage one another. Let us gather together and warn one another. It's not my race you're running. I'm running my race. You're running your race. I want you to thank the Lord. That's where, where I am. I'm thanking the Lord. He said, this is the blood of my new covenant, which was shed for the remission of sins. This is what it is. We are brought in. We are no longer external. It means I can be confused. He's inside of me. If I make mistake, he will lift me up. Because he sees where I am. And he's with me where I am. So this day I just want to celebrate. And I want to remind myself. And I want to reignite the spirit of the living God. The spirit of this new covenant. Not of the letter. But of the spirit. That I would this day, going forward, live the life of a child of God. You've been listening to a message by Pastor Ike Naokeke of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Banex Guarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashinkari, Abuja. For telephone 09-290-9000 or 0703-1588404. You can find us online at www.thefatherschurchonline.com. God bless you.